This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Rural Exchange, the Sunday edition. Hamish McKay, Rebecca Greaves, your team. Well, Ed Marfell has been in the in the livestock game for 40 years, uh, based in Canterbury. He's the general manager of livestock for Hazlitt, uh, being at the epicentre of, of uh, Canterbury lamb, that golden pinnacle of tastiness. We thought he'd be a good person to discuss all things in lamb, in particular, what's the ideal store lamb out there to make a buck over winter and deliver to export markets by spring. Now, for our urban listeners, a store lamb is one that's still too light to be, well, uh, suitable for the table. He joins us now from the Colvard and Calf Sale of all places. G'day, Ed, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Hamish. A bit of moisture down there, is there? Is that, how's it looking? Uh, yes, we're just having a little bit more rain, which is, seems to be a weekly occurrence, if not uh, bi-weekly. Mm. Ed, where did you cut your teeth as, as a, a, a livestock agent, and are uh, you still in the auctioneering game yourself? Yes, I am, Hamish. Yeah, look, thanks for that. Um, yeah, you said it at the start, I suppose, 40 years. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, started in, in, in Marlborough with uh, Pongal Guinness, mate, and then... Um, Moved after a couple of years down into Canterbury and, and has been down South Canterbury and Canterbury ever since. Uh, as you summed it up, really, it's the it's a big, vast area that certainly handles livestock. And, and from the days of starting in Marlborough, um, when there weren't many grapes, to suddenly it's engulfed in grapes. Um, if you wanted to deal in livestock or have livestock in your mind, you had to uh, you had to shift. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, Lowy, he started as Richard Lowe, His 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 um, stock agent days were up in the Marlborough and that part of the world as well. Hey, so you haven't gone into Mahogany Row with David and the likes, you know? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's who I'm with now. I actually did start with Richard in, in Blenheim. Oh, all right. Yep. Yep. He was yeah. he, he was in Sydney and Kaikoura for Pines, and then. Um, yeah. He went up to, to the Waikato, obviously. But uh, no, no, with with David and the great mate David Hazlitt. And um, yeah, we're just oh, trucking give, along. Give Haz my regards. He, he did start with me at Palmerston North Boys High School, but then thought that Christ College was a better option, so shot through. But that's all right. I still like him. He's, <laughs> still, he's still a good man. And he was my neighbour in fielding for a while, too, actually, to be fair. Hey, uh, well, so he's, in, what, he's in the complex. I'll pass it on. Yeah, pass that on. What, what, what autumn store lamb sales have been held recently, and what have the prices been like? Uh, look, uh, so we had a sale on um, on Tuesday down in, in Mount Summers, Mount uh, Mayfield, Mount Summers, um, and the average there was one hundred and thirty-seven dollars. But that was a range, mate, of, of lambs that were certainly on the top end that were killable, uh, down through to the the stores sort of main that one hundred and twenty dollars through to the to the mid one thirties, um, and that that's. You're roughly sitting around three dollars sixty a kilo on, on the storefront. Lambs are being quoted for that privately. Sale yard activities um, on the crossbreds has, has been slightly stronger than that, um, but that, that's where it roughly at the moment, Hamish. Yeah. Okay. What is the uh, what, what would be the ideal store lamb to take through winter in terms of margins? Are you lighter or heavier end of the store lamb weight, or fine wool, or crossbred? What's your advice? Uh, well, that, I suppose a lot depends on your environment. We we you physically farm, and, and what you know, have you got irrigation, or, or mind you, natural irrigation at the moment, as you say. It's, and um, and and the finer wool sheep, you know, we we're struggling a wee bit uh, in demand for finishes for those. 
You know, they're a longer-term proposition, um, but they have got that ability to carry right through into November, December, because their, their teeth they cut later. Um, probably the biggest impact that, that we're having at the moment, uh, which is, is if, if they are woolly, uh, there seems to be a general reluctance for people to operate. Funny, if, if funny torn, that. Well, it's, it's funny, Rebecca, but it's sad. Um, well, it is. I mean, it is funny, it, not funny. Uh, it's it's just this day and age of environmentally friendly and everything that's meant to be right, and you've got a great natural fibre, um, and you know it, it's it's not worthless, but it's nearly nearly to it. It becomes it becomes a cost to share, um, but I think where there's one or two missing is that they're not seeing the opportunity to buy some woolly sheep and and share them woolly lambs, and they just because it's the ease of not sharing them. Um, there's five to six dollars costs, and, and the wool's a couple of dollars a kilo. So you're losing money, but I think you could end up with a better, better lamb. Um, yeah, that's... But that, again, it goes back to the wool. It's, I mean, it, it, yeah. That's an interesting, um, you know, observation there because I know um, we've found for the last couple of years actually, if we've had lambs that are shorn, um, it's been very easy to move them. Um, because of the exact reason yeah. that you're talking about, so it's a yeah. real, tr- a real trend that we've noticed on farm. Yeah, it is really good. I mean, and, and, and we've got a lot of cropping farmers, obviously, down in Canterbury, mid Canterbury, and, and so, and, and you know, to have the facilities, they mightn't have them as well as that. So, mm. not having to share them becomes, you know, one of the points that they make that they, they want a shorn lamb, and they'll pay more for it. Um, but I just See these these opportunities being missed, um, and not buying those, even though you know you you it'll cost you money. I think in the long term you'd be you could be better off. Yeah. And so the my... fine wool sheep. Yeah, and the fine wool sheep. You know, there's a real it was a, a struggle this year uh, through the merino sales and and um, and the likes. I mean, the half breeds are sitting just over three dollars a kilo, and you got the crossbreds as I say up around three sixty. Yeah. Or beyond, if they're shorn, some of the some of the lighter lambs, you know, would be four dollars and have been over the last month through the auction sites where they Agri HQ give you that um, that data information. Yes, they do. Um, so, in terms of the store lambs coming out of Southland, are they is it kind of similar to past seasons, or is the drought down there um, mean that there's been some lambs coming out earlier? Yes, Rebecca, that's it. They did. They came out earlier, um, and then they. You know, eventually um, they got that rain and they managed to just hold on, but it's, it's getting the feed covers they need to go into the winter. Um, but traditionally, uh, look, they do come later, but this year they came earlier. And, and luckily Canterbury does have that ability to absorb a lot of lambs. You, you, we, we do see some going through to the North Island, obviously. Um, but, but, you know, there's a big landscape down here. Yeah, so you haven't observed that there's been a heat heading up to the North Island? No, not a lot. Not a lot, Rebecca, no. Well, that's probably lucky because the ferry's been playing havoc with everyone's plans, haven't they? Hasn't it? Yeah, well, they sort of tell us now when they're sailing, not when they're not sailing, so I suppose that's one way. Sort of doesn't help, you know, the, the ferries over the last month too with, with calf sales going flat stick, and that's where a lot of our cattle do go is to the North Island, but, um, you know, it hasn't been easy, um, the ferries, but... You know. mm. 
Let's turn my mic back yeah. on, Ed. I was going to say, um, we're just talking to a young woman who's done a big horse pack right down the, the South Island, and she's uh, now going to pick up a handpiece and look to go full-time shearing. And we know Sasha Bond and there's some great women shearers out there right across the country. What about the world of the stock agent? Is, is their chart? I, I just... I'm, I'm trying to think if I've ever known a woman stock agent. What, what, what's the sto- what about at Hazlitt's? How many sort of females involved in that in, the, uh, in that uh, field? No, well, I'd have to uh, confess there, Miss. Um, no, we, we we are not. But um, we have through association uh, from when I was down in South Canterbury in, in the late eight or mid eighties. Uh, Karen Walsh, uh, yes. Peter Walsh, who's yep. a good old. Well, he's part of our company now. We um, mm. reversed a couple of years ago. His wife, Karen, she was a stock agent down in, in St Andrews, uh, and a very good one at that too. So, But she had the farming background and, and um, strong personality and, and really keen. But it just uh, yeah, at, the, at the moment, no, there's not, not uh, a lot of female stock agents yeah. around, to be fair. There, there, yeah. there, to be fair, though, there is one or two starting to pop up in the industry. Yeah, well, it's good. Yeah, no, look, it's just something that just feels like a, I don't think there's anything deliberate or anything about this. It's just one of those kind of last of the male best, um, bastions, I guess, I guess. But then I've had somebody on the show, too, who was a stock agent out of Balcotha, and she was brilliant. And sorry, my name, just, the name just escapes me now. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, that's sort of one of those things that, that everything's got a changing face. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, I'd look, be interested it might to be the that. same one I'm thinking. There's a, there's a dairy agent down there. Um, yeah. And, and the same thing. She's a very yeah, good operator. Yeah. Call, so, calls a spade um, a spade. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. though, Ed. You know, and, and again, no, um, not having a go. It's just an interesting one, isn't it? Why do you think it is that there aren't more women? Um, hard to really pinpoint it. Uh, there's a. You, it is. It is physical. Yeah. Um, you know, you. you Fighting with calves, you're, you're fighting with older cattle. You're, you're throwing, you know, seventy kilo ewes. We're not throwing them. You're lifting them over over fences. You, yeah, yeah. It, it is a physical long hours. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Well, here's a challenge for all the ladies out there. <laughs> I yeah. want to see yeah. some more, some yeah. more female stock agents. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it'd be your cup of tea, Bex, but I reckon you'd be bloody good at it. <laughs> I yeah. could talk. I could yeah, talk. Yeah, I don't know talk. if I'd, yeah. um, I don't think I'd back myself in terms of appraising stock. I do like when the, when I'm helping push the lambs up to weigh them. You know, I like to put my hand on and like try and think about what body condition that's in and then I'm like I reckon this will be a good one and then I like to see if I've if it's made the weight you know if Richard's cutting off at a certain weight for the work so I see if I've if I can pick the ones that are going to be you know prime or whatever so um I certainly don't have a lot of skill in that department though but I I, I get them most of the time yeah yeah it's one of those things though it just takes time and um you know I mean, as you pointed out right at the start, thanks very much. Um, I've been doing it for forty years. So <laughs> exactly, it's a, yeah. Um, it's a, it's an industry that I've really loved and, and still love, and still got a bit of time to go. Um, but um, yeah, it, it does take time. Same with auctioneering; it takes time to be a good auctioneer. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it's a real talent. Ooh. Yeah, it is. Just, hey. just quickly, can I ask one more question quickly, Hamish? Oh, yes, you may, Rebecca. I'm <laughs> like, like making out like I'm the boss or something. Oh, you are. You're the yeah. on-air producer, whatever, oh. <laughs> whatever we call no, you. Um, I am the on-air producer. Yes, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, you, yeah, you're yeah. the big dog. Anyway, yeah. um, 
I I actually find stock, the whole stock agent thing really fascinating. I love going to the sale yards with my dad when I was little. I still I really enjoy the whole sale day buzz and um, going to the the sale yards was was always a really cool thing to do with dad. Um, like they've gone a bit, you know, online now, and they have all these different options with um, you know. Um, what do you call it, televising or like live streaming, that's the word I'm looking for, um, the auctions and things like that. Um, what's changed since, you know, you've obviously got 40 years experience there, Ed. What's kind of been the biggest changes and do you think that the traditional sale yard will always have a place? Yeah, good question, Rebecca. Um, I do I do believe it will certainly have a place. We, um, we run a sale yard at Colgate, but we do live stream our cattle um, and have started doing that on a weekly basis um, this, this year. Uh, we just see it part and parcel of a, a part of the operation that we have to provide. Mm. Um, one thing I think the, the auction brings is the opportunity to farmers to come and, and mix and mingle. And, and like yesterday, we had a, a calf sale at Colgate and you got kids there because it's school holidays. Um, and, and it's just that getting off the farm and, and having a bit of um, camaraderie together and a bit of banter and it, it's... There's, you know, there's a lot of fun in the game, um, but there's a lot of serious work, obviously, too. But uh, I think the online component will uh, strengthen more. I think we have to get to that stage. Um, to, to do it for sheep, we need to be able to weigh the sheep. Uh, so I think over the next few years, you, you will see that come into play as well. Because we sell lambs, store lambs, on a live weight basis. Mm. Um, so it's having that capability in your sale yard set up to actually put a waybridge into weigh sheep. Um, you know, you know, there's the option to have a little portable one that can fit sort of 10 sheep on it. Uh, but if you had a proper waybridge, like you, you weigh all the cattle in the pen, uh, if you had an opportunity to weigh a bigger number of, of sheep, um, then you could live stream sheep sales. Mm. Uh, at the moment, it's it's cattle because it's um, you know they all are all put over the weighbridge and mm. uh, weighed, whereas sheep just sold uh, in the pen. Sheep aren't. Yeah, I I wondered why yeah. they, they didn't do it for sheep. So now I know. There you go. Well, it, it, it's tough, I suppose, depending on the angle you put the camera at and whether you put them over top of them or underneath them or, or you lie on the ground. And, well, not that you would, but um, you know, in eyes or do your own buying or, or have bought somebody buying for you that you trust. I think is a key component if there's not a genuine weight. Um, logging on to watch a sheep sale uh, and no no weight indication, um, I don't know if too many people would be keen on, on that buying. But I think it will evolve. I certainly do think it will evolve. And I know um, our company do have plans to evolve it that way. Yeah. Good stuff, Ed. Great to chat. Ed Marfell there out of Hazlitt. Say good day to David for me. And uh, we'll chat again in the not too fu- distant uh, future. 40 years, you just started out, really. I think they're just a, just a pup in terms of uh, the old stock agent world. Uh, coming to us there from the Culverton Calf Sale. Uh, this is Rex, the Sunday edition. Next up, we're going to be talking Lucerne with Professor Derek Moot, uh, Professor of Agriculture and Life Sciences from Lincoln University.